Hello and welcome to Weep Spawn, where we talk about anything everything related to anime and gaming. We are by no means experts, just huge fans. I'm your host, Bobby, and with me is Joshua. Glad to be doing another episode today, Bobby. And today we are continuing on with our Naruto arc with Arc 4, Search for Tsunade. As always, spoilers ahead. Yeah, so we're back with Naruto again. Oh man, it's almost like when was when will this arc end? Or when will these arcs end? God, <laughs> I just want to ship Uden. Oh man, so the search for Tsunade arc covers episodes eighty-one to one hundred. In this arc, we're finally acquainted with the third and final legendary Sanin Tsunade, as well as we're introduced as well as we have the introduction of the Akatsuki. We start to take a deep look into the massacre of the Uchiha clan and the events that shaped Sasuke into the person that he is today, along with the power that simply two members of this so-called Akatsuki possess. This arc is really important in setting up the entire storyline that will take place in Shippuden. This includes the establishing of the fifth Hokage, Naruto learning a new jutsu that's basically the only jutsu he ever learns and revealing the motive behind this alleged Akatsuki. Also, I think it would be wrong of me not to mention that this entire arc uses the song intro, Go, which is also what most people probably refer to as Fighting Dreamers, which is probably one of the best intros of the show. That's just my opinion there, but Fighting Dreamers is a solid opener we are fighting dreamers <laughs> god i love that it's intro. Such that, a good that one. is that is probably one of my favorite intros of naruto but we're not here to talk about just the intro song i mean so, we, we probably could if we wanted to <laughs> we'll dive in and discuss each word meaning behind this like two minute song <laughs> i'm of course referring to the whole song not just the like well so when they say like fighting dreamers intro. what do they really mean <laughs> <laughs> what do they mean by go where are they going to mm, that's a good question one that we might answer in this arc <laughs> probably not so after our Konoha crush arc ended with two very mysterious guys in cloaks, uh, you know, just kind of standing right outside that leaf village. This discussion led to learning that one of these guys is actually from the leaf and possesses a shotting gun. Hmm. Now, if someone has a shotting gun, that can only mean one of two things. One... He either stole it or obtained the Sharingan in some way, kind of like how Kakashi has. Or he's in fact an Uchiha, despite being told that Sasuke is the one and only survivor of the clan's massacre. Hmm, (laughs) interesting, very interesting. So this arc begins with the same two cloak guys walking through heavy mist towards the gate of the leaf village. The guard notices them and calls out, but with the single glance of the Sharing Gun, with the single glance of the Sharing Gun wielding man, puts them to sleep instantly, and they continue onward. Next thing we are shown is a direct shot of Sasuke, who is thinking about the massacre of his clan and how he wasn't strong enough to stop it. Yeah, so I like to think about these episodes from a perspective of them being aired weekly rather than being able to binge them on a streaming service of your choice and i like to think about how impactful some of these scenes would be with this delay between episodes so one thing we don't really know at the time is one of these cloaked men are from the hidden mist village which is kind of hinted at when they're walking through this heavy mist and i thought that was kind of neat rewatching this episode and seeing the mist i'm like that was a nod towards kisame and his origin so i thought that was kind of cool not something you'd really pick up on the first watch or anything 
And then I like to think about the end of the first arc, which would have just been a week prior to the release of this episode. We see this Sharingan person and you're able to think about all the different theories behind who this person is. Because as you mentioned, Sasuke is supposedly the only survivor of the massacre. So who is this guy? Is he another survivor? Um, is he... Does he have a more darker history? Like, what is going on with him? Or did he steal the Sharingan in some way? So it's these details that I like to try to look at when seeing this stuff. Because you get all these theories that could possibly be rattling through your brain, but you have at least a week before you might figure anything out. So the buildup is kind of drug on for almost an entire month, especially with the identity of this Sharingan-wielding person because I believe it takes four more episodes after this before we actually see who or what this person did. So you have a entire month to build up these theories, bounce them off your friends, and just kind of build up this story and see if you can guess it correctly. So with everything being so accessible on streaming services nowadays, all that just kind of fades away since you can just click next episode and you'll find out your answers in two hours. But I just kind of wanted to stop and mention the impact of the delay before we moved on, as well as the foreshadowing that was shown with the um, the transition from seeing the, the two men walking away and then the immediate transition over to Sasuke's face and the scene that Sasuke was contemplating. He was contemplating the massacre of his clan and it was definitely a huge foreshadow there that maybe wasn't fully recognizable at the time of the release of this show. Um, because you get to see how these two mysterious or one of these mysterious men are related to Sasuke and the moment from his past. Like you see that connection. So that piece of information helps solidify any theories that might be bouncing around people's minds. But it's just kind of cool to stop and look at that. Yeah, there's definitely a different kind of I don't I don't know how I would say it, taste almost of watching an anime as it's airing versus when you can just binge watch it because some spots that get a little hype that make you want to like just quickly get on to the next episode versus if you're remembering it having to wait a week for it to happen and you're just like oh my god like this is all building and then it finally is here and like you're watching it as it's happening and you're just like oh like your mind's being blown so there's definitely a few different takes you can take from it from binge watching it versus seeing it on air mm -hmm. yeah so i thought it'd just kind of be cool to stop because yeah like you said like you just sometimes don't get that impact of the delays that you would normally would have because sometimes they're cut off on this these cliffhangers and you're like holy shit what's gonna happen and she's like next episode you don't have that week of buildup like oh my god who is this sharingan wielding person like what is going on but anyway moving on from that we then jump over to the hidden sand village where orochimaru has actually deceived them he managed to kill the fourth kazekage in order to disguise himself as him to gain the support for the attack on the leaf village so the attack in the last arc was all basically a big deception planned by orochimaru this again solidifies the strength of orochimaru because he was able to defeat two kages and live to tell the tale and he was also this also shows us that he's extremely manipulative and he will do anything or kill anyone deceive anyone in order to get what he wants. And in this case, he wants the body of Sasuke Uchiha. We then... <clears throat> sorry. We then see another scene where Orochimaru is in one of his hideouts with Kabuto, talking about his future endeavors and how they're going to be pretty difficult to obtain given the current situation and his inability to perform jutsu. So we get a little sneak peek at what's going on in the leaf, or I'm sorry, in the sand, and what Orochimaru is going through at the moment. So a little bit of jumping around. Now, I'm not trying to belittle Orochimaru by any means. He is by far a very powerful shinobi. 
But you also have to remember, one of the Kages he fought against, he also had to use the strength of the first two Hokages to help damper his ability. Not to mention the third Hokage that he fought had been retired pretty much and is like twice his age. And he still almost (laughs) killed Orochimaru if it not been for the other two Kage's the first and second Hokage that kind of helped weaken him and load his stamina. So I just want to put that out there. Yeah. That I'm not saying Orochimaru is not by any means a weak person, but you also have to understand that one of the Kage's is like mm, he didn't really defeat him on his own, <laughs> nor was he in his prime and all this stuff. So I just wanted to say that. You're basically saying don't give him too much credit. He's not as sweet <laughs> as as he thinks he is. At least for that fight. Uh, anything else? Because the Kazekage, I, I would have been really interested in seeing how strong the Kazekage was. I mean, we, to be we honest. briefly see it a little bit in Shippuden. Spoilers. Yeah, but it's like, but it's isn't not. it more just like a flashback? No, we see a oh, full-on fight not, with... Uh, oh, then I must not uh, remember it entirely. Because I thought it was just more about... Um, Sasori using his like mind thing or I guess that's something else going off of that we also have a lot of jumping around in like the first episode we see Jiraiya get approached by the village elders requesting that he become the fifth Hokage since he is one of the legendary Sanin but reluctantly he's like nah I'm good he doesn't want to be a a Hokage he'd rather do He'd rather travel the world to do research. <laughs> research. <laughs> and says a Sanin that would be a better fit for the position would be Orochimaru. Just kidding, Tsunade. <laughs> I'm like, wait a second, <laughs> what did I miss? <laughs> <laughs> and he, it, he has offered to go find her and bring her back, but on the condition that he also brings Naruto along. And the elders are like, hmm, we get a legendary signing and the troublemaker gone. Seems like a pretty <laughs> good deal to us. Yeah, and next we're greeted by another familiar face. So Kakashi's standing outside of a shop where the robed individuals are sitting. They're having a nice, lovely dinner because even criminals eat. So They have standards. Yeah, they have standards. Nice dumplings or something. Uh, so as Kakashi standing there, Kurenai and Azuma stop and have a chat. And all three of them are aware of the two men in the shop. They just never verbally say anything. And the name Sasuke gets brought up in conversation. And this visually upsets one of these robed men. You see him like grasp his cup a little tighter. Um, and then Sasuke actually shows up because he's meeting Kakashi there. And as soon as Sasuke shows up, the men vanish. And Kakashi gives a little look to Kurenai and Azuma, gives them a nod, and they give them a nod back, and they immediately um, leave in attempts to cut off these two individuals. So when they do cut them off, we are revealed that one of these guys is named Itachi Uchiha, and the other is Kisame Hoshigaki, who happen to be... Our two favorite characters, if I'm not mistaken. I am obsessed with Itachi. And I believe you love Kisame. Kisame is by far my favorite Akatsuki member. He's he's pretty cool. He's strong. He's kind of annoying to me. He, he a little bit, strong. yeah. But, like, he he gives this impression of being, like, a muscle head. But he's not. I think that's also kind of, like, why I like it. Because... He's very overconfident, I will admit that, and but it's because he's confident in his abilities and his sword. But he has the right to be because he is a fucking beast. And I will say that he is probably the most one of the most level headed Akatsuki. And he's very skilled without being over overbearing like he's not too much to take in he's not a lot to handle because he knows his strength he's very loyal and he's kind of honorable honestly he's not he's not the type to just kill to kill i mean he is but he also like 
has a, a motto he lives by, like a some sort of way of life that he's not disrespectful in the way he does things. I, I, I respect that about him. He will, like, if you deem someone worthy, like, of being, a, like, a warrior or something, he's very, has, like, that warrior mentality mm-hmm. where he will use his full strength because he won't, like, if he thinks you're a worthy person, he won't belittle you. But if right. you're not, like, and you just try to challenge him for, like, I don't know, for try to get, like, fame or something, then he's like, no, like, you're not honorable. But if it's someone strong, then he's like, all right, I'll mm-hmm. use everything I can to kill you as, like, a warrior's death. Right. So, um, a little battle ensues between these guys, and Kurenai is actually easily defeated by Itachi. Because the Genjutsu that she possesses is so much weaker than him. He has Genjutsu that's on a completely different level than anybody that we've seen yet. So she is just, the floor is wiped with her. Before the team is defeated though, Kakashi steps in to help out a little bit. And as our man Kakashi comes to save the day, even Itachi tells Kisame not to fight Kakashi because there will be a cost to fighting him. Instead, Itachi will do it. And after a few ninjutsus are thrown back and forth, showing that Itachi is always like one move ahead, but Kakashi is still holding his own against him. But this needs to be wrapped up quickly, and Itachi has just the thing to do it. So now we're about to have a Sharingan vs. Sharingan showdown. Except it ends up kind of basically being a one-sided battle. So this is when we kind of first learn of the Susakomi? How do you pronounce that? Uh, What's one the second, sorry. Uh, oh, Tsukuyomi. Tsukuyomi. And Itachi praises his Kakashi, his ability to use Shangan effectively for not being a Uchiha, but when he uses his Mangeku sh- Sharingan and combined with the Genjutsu Tsukinomi, Kakashi is put under a very intense Genjutsu we used torture for three days. But in reality, it was only like two seconds. And we learned that the organization they are with is called the Akatsuki, and that the goal is to retrieve the Ninetale Fox from Naruto. And before they can actually dispose of Kakashi, Kurenai, and Asuma, Mike Guy ends up coming in to save the day. And he plans on holding them off until the Ambu arrive as backup. But this is unwanted intention that Itachi and Kisame want, and they decide to flee instead. I just have to say, this was the beginning, when, when Guy showed up, this was the the beginning of a wonderful duo that Kisame and Guy will have throughout the rest of the show. And if what I mean by that is uh, basically every time Kisame gets into a fight with the Leaf Village, Guy's always there to fight Kisame. And Kasami's always like, oh my god, it's Guy. Like, he loves fighting him. And Guy's just like, who are you? Like, do I know you? Every time. And it's fantastic. I love it. And one thing I also want to add is that Kakashi, outside, like, if I had to choose a one character out of all of Naruto to be my favorite, it is 100% Kakashi. And I love the fact that even though these two powerful Akatsuki members, even Atachi recognizes Kakashi's strength and was like, wait, don't get in a fight with him because even if you fight him, even if you win, you will like be seriously injured to the point where you may not like be able to, like there's some kind of cost mm-hmm. that's going to cost. So you may not be as strong before, after you finish. You may, like something's going to happen if you try to fight him. He's that powerful like that. Even Itachi right. recognizes. Yeah, and I thought that was kind of cool. The fact that Itachi recognizes him is huge, especially because Kakashi doesn't have, isn't a true owner of the Sharingan. So he was honored by Kakashi or by Itachi for being skilled with the Sharingan. And then he's telling Kasami this. And it's just like, 
how powerful is Kakashi really? So this fight is a good way to let us know exactly how strong these two characters are in a more intimate way without actually giving away much of their backstory. So, for example, we learned that they're both S-ranked rogue ninja that are in the bingo book because Ozma briefly states this to Kurenai and the two assailants, which re reinforces the strength of them because the bingo book is only for the most severe criminals. We learned that Kasami was one of the seven ninja swordsmen of the mist, which after seeing what Zabuza was capable of, this gives us an idea of where Kasami's power lies. We're also shown that Itachi is an extremely capable fighter. He was able to defeat Kurenai without even moving, and he countered all of Kakashi's moves faster than he could even see, which is insanely impressive because Kakashi's the copy ninja, and his whole identity of the copy ninja is to be able to see people's movements and copy them faster than they even know it's happening. So he's able to predict it, copy it, and basically seem like he's seeing the future. But he was unable to see Itachi's hand signs, which shows that he is extremely capable. He's throwing Kakashi in for a loop. So he was also able to defeat Kakashi with only a single Genjutsu. While this Genjutsu was extremely chakra heavy, it was able to defeat Kakashi Kakashi so fast that it's like reinforcing the fact that even though he has so much praise for Kakashi he's still not a match for Itachi so that's cool and then he puts him through merciless agonizing torture for three days so this kind of shows that Itachi doesn't really care about anything he's dedicated to fulfilling his objective and he will do anything to complete them so it's reinforcing this mindset kind of like Orochimaru where if something stands in their way he will do whatever it takes he doesn't care about lives he doesn't care about respect or honor he will just do his goal and get it done and he has the strength to back it up and so does Kisame yeah I love learning a little more about the seven ninja swordsmen of the mist that we kind of got briefly introduced to by like Zabuza and mm -hmm. then now we're getting a little more with Kisame. So we know that the sword he's holding has some kind of function. I don't know if it's revealed in this fight. I think it's revealed in a later fight. Yeah, it'll be revealed in a few episodes when he meets Naruto. Yeah. So, but like just for the foreshadowing of the, the seven ninja swordsmen, you kind of know something is going to be up with the sword because Zabuza had his sword and it was like special because those seven swordsmen each have like their own unique sword that had their own like unique properties so it was kind of cool to also realize like oh he was also one of them and kind of interesting to see what the big deal is with his sword mm -hmm. I, honestly honestly I kind of wish we got to see more of the seven ninja swordsmen throughout the show but that, unfortunately, was not the case. Yeah. Unfortunately, it was more... I feel like more of a plot point whenever mm -hmm. they wanted to, like, throw someone in here that was, like, powerful. And they're like, oh, it was just one of the seven ninja swordsmen of the mist. Did they... Did we ever find out, like, what happened to them? No. Just most of them are dead. Gotcha. So, right after they decide to flee we are shown to naruto leaving town with jiraiya to go and search for tsunade naruto only agreed to this trip because he actually wants to learn a new a new jutsu so that he can compete with sasuke shidori naruto and sasuke still had this kind of bitter brother like rivalry rivalry to out compete each other and be the better one we take a look into Sasuke's side things when Sakura thanks him for saving her from Gara, but Sasuke begrudgingly admits that Naruto was the one who saved her. And of course, we are still in part of the show where many people still look down upon Naruto and don't believe that he's actually capable of such great achievements. So when this comes from Sasuke, you see two things happen. 
One, Sakura gets a nudge towards understanding and appreciating Naruto more, realizing that he's actually a more capable shinobi than she has given him credit for. And two, you realize that despite the heated rivalry, Sasuke and Naruto actually have a very respectable relationship towards each other. They bigger and argue constantly, and they always like will fight over anything. But they are the only two characters that understand each other's like weaknesses and can help carry each other to the top because they have very both similar backstories on like growing up all alone and everything. Naruto then travels with Jiraiya and revealed to us that Jiraiya had chosen Naruto as his pupil because he reminded him of the fourth Hokage, which is kind of a rather interesting assessment, I'd say. And then we find out Jiraiya actually trained the fourth, and he also states he was trained by the third Hokage. So there were a lot of close connections between the Hokages who were taught and who end up becoming like Hokage. The third was trained by the second and first Hokage, and Jiraiya was almost a Hokage and was trained by the third, and the fourth was trained by Jiraiya. Now Naruto is being trained by Jiraiya. Very kind of interesting connection we kind of have there. <laughs> I could definitely see the Hokage dream of Naruto being a little more obtainable now that we're starting, especially since he's starting to kind of mature in his own way and starting to realize his, his like weaknesses and wanting to improve on them on his own way. Anyway, during their conversation, we also learned that they are being tailed by Itachi and Kisame. And when Sasuke learns that Itachi was in the village and is hunting Naruto, he immediately leaves the village looking for Naruto. He wants to protect him from Itachi, but I think the main reason is he really wants to kill Itachi in the process. So after arriving in the village, Sasuke is going door-to-door looking for Naruto, but it's a little too late because we get a little pan or back to it where Hitachi has already found Naruto. Yeah, that the scene was kind of cool. I mean, it's kind of a typical cliche scene where he's going door-to-door knocking on doors. So you hear see him knock and then Naruto hears a knock at his door. So he walks up and the door opens and Sasuke is at the wrong door. And then Naruto opens it and Itachi's standing there. So it's one of those cliche scenes but i really liked it because it's just you see the ominous itachi just staring down at naruto and you're just like oh shit shit's about to get real very uh fear inducing i must say yeah because i think naruto even mentions like oh god this guy looks exactly like sasuke who is this dude he even has the sharingan but as sasuke's looking for naruto we get to see a little bit of a flashback of his past a little bit more so we're we're slowly peeling up like looking in behind the curtain and really seeing what's going on in Sasuke's head the young Sasuke loved his brother very much and always looked up to him but Itachi didn't seem to reciprocate those feelings he was always really distant and just kind of always pushed him away constantly but Sasuke wanted to get stronger he wanted to be like Itachi because everyone always praised Itachi saying like when Itachi was your age he was part of the Ambu. He was already again in, like he was extremely powerful. He awakened his Sharingan. All things that Sasuke never accomplished at that time. So he always wanted to get stronger and he always looked up to his brother. And he was spending a day at the academy, just doing academy shit, I guess. But it was running late. He was running late. The sun was going down. And he was like, oh no, like I got to get home. My parents are going to be mad. It's so late. So as he's running, he's just going home. And he arrives at his little clan's area, um, neighborhood. And he is welcomed with the bodies of his clan members littering the streets. After he ran into his home, because he sees his dead family members, he runs home, opens the door, and he sees his dead parents with Itachi standing over them. Itachi states that he massacred his clan to test his true strength. So here's a little bit of more of the darker side of Itachi that we're seeing again, solidifying that he 
is just to the core, he is not a good person. That's kind of why we think he was distancing himself from Sasuke. He just doesn't care. He wants to become stronger. So Sasuke begs him to be spared. Please don't kill me. Like, I don't want to die. And Itachi just is like, you're not even worth killing. You are pathetic. And he tells him, you must hold resentment towards me, hatred, and even vengeance for the rest of his life. Basically, use that to get stronger and just remember this and don't ever forget what I did. So, now we're in the present day. And Sasuke finally arrived at the correct room and he sees Itachi standing there with Kasame and Naruto. And he tells him that he has held on to this hatred and he intends on killing him right here. So he activates his Chidori and goes to strike Itachi. But as we already know, Itachi is way more skilled than Sasuke is. So he easily evades it and kind of deflects the ability, deflects the Chidori. But Naruto's like, oh shit, like, this is bad. Um, I'm going to help out. So he starts to use some of his Ninetales chakra. He's tapping into it. It's an emergency situation. And then it just fails. His chakra is gone. And this, at this point, Kasame is holding out his sword towards Naruto. And we learn that his sword actually steals chakra and consumes it to become stronger. And it gives it to Kasame. So that is a little bit more information that we learned from this sword. Because like you mentioned earlier, seven ninja swordsmen all have these unique swords that have unique abilities. And this is Kisame's. So Itachi beats down Sasuke and states he is still too weak. And he uses his Tsukuyomi on Sasuke, similar to how he used it on Kakashi. But instead of torturing Sasuke with physical pain, he makes him relive his family's slaughter watching Itachi go through his his clan, killing them one by one. So this is, again, to make Sasuke hate, make him feel resentment and get stronger. Before it gets too intense and too many people die here, Jiraiya appears, and he uses this toad prison of sorts. It basically creates this fleshy prison that he says they are inside of a toad. And nobody can escape. So he uses this to protect Naruto and Sasuke. He pulls them into the walls away from Kisame and Itachi. And the only way for Itachi and Kisame to survive this battle is to flee. Itachi tells Kisame, we cannot fight a legendary Sanin without repercussions. We will have a lot of cost here if we were to engage in this fight. So we need to get the fuck out. So they bail. Yeah, so it's very he's very cautious, but at the right amount of time. Yeah, he's very strategic in how he engages in battle. Yeah, for like the Kakashi battle, he's like, no, Kisame, don't engage with him. I can settle this with the Shrine Gun, but obviously that kind of takes a toll on him as well, and because this may be spoilers for Little Head, so spoilers ahead but we learned that itachi just he's very powerful but the one thing that you could say his weakness is is his stamina mm-hmm. yeah actually and, now that you say that um i do remember in the battle with kakashi he used the sukuyomi and afterwards he kind of is like squinting a little like he's very strained and kasami even says um something along the lines of do you think it was really worth a um straining your eyes for that so it's saying like using that move puts them at a severe disadvantage because it eats up a lot of chakra so it's actually good that you mentioned that and that also might be another reason why they didn't engage in battles i mean obviously they didn't want the commotion but he used the sukuyomi on kakashi and he used it on sasuke here so that kind of puts them at a severe disadvantage when facing jiraiya yeah so even though he is this all-powerful shinobi, everyone always has a weakness. And for Itachi, his is his stamina. And that's probably another reason why he used it on Kakashi. Because I feel like Kakashi, one of his strong points is his stamina. Because of being like the copy ninja and having, like being an excel in taijutsu and ninjutsu. 
that he's very like stamina heavy. So like if the battle were to prolong too long, Kakashi could have had the upper hand over Itachi. Mm-hmm. But with in accordance of like sheer raw power, Itachi can overpower Kakashi. Hence why you kind of saw that in the warning he gave Kisame. So that also kind of shows that when Jiraiya came, again, this is another person who Itachi is recognizing his strength with. That even with everything they've been through, like Itachi and Kisame, he's like, no, let's not fight here because even if we fight here, something's we're going to get something that's going to cost us mm-hmm. just like before. So they decide to run because they kind of accomplished what they wanted and not at the same time but they're like all right it's more of a live to fight another day mentality and then it also kind of shows you a little foreshadowing and also the power of itachi because this so-called prison that no one should be able to break out of well spoiler they break out of it (laughs) but the interesting thing is it the way they broke out of is there's black flames and Jiraiya has this scroll or something he uses and he absorbs the flame so he can research it. So we kind of learn of a mysterious circumstance that one of these two have that all of a sudden there's black flames that help them escape. Yeah, which God. I, I just, I really like these two. They complement each other perfectly with their strengths and weaknesses. Um, and they're just extremely powerful. I, I just love watching them fight. And the thing is, we haven't actually seen them truly fight yet. They're showing them, they're showing us their strength without ever pulling out a sword, really. And I mean, Kasami obviously always has his sword out. But yeah, they're, they just keep showing us how scary these people are without doing anything anything it's kind of cool yeah they they did like the bare minimum but i feel like this was almost kind of to show you the power of not only uh katsuki but like itachi mostly and the powers the sharing gun has mm-hmm. yeah this because is i a... feel like that was what's oh, very highlighted during this yeah this is just a heavy heavy like sharing gun flexing party here just constantly showing us what the Sharingan is capable of. And then moving off of the Uchihas, we finally, after like they're rested and whatnot, they, the next few episodes, we are finally getting back to Naruto's training and he is starting to learn the Jutsu, the Rasengan, which was the Developed by the fourth Hokage, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. He was. It was a jutsu developed by the fourth Hokage, and he is trying to show Naruto how to do it himself. And it's a move that focuses spiraling chakra into the palm of your hand and is a very powerful weapon, which pretty much after you see him learn it. You will see it again and again and again. Just kind of like how Sasuke is like, oh, I learned Chidori. Now this is the only jutsu I know, apparently. We have Naruto. He still uses his shadow clones. That has got to be his signature move. And then the Rasengan. Yeah, like I said in the beginning, like it's basically the only move he ever learns. I mean, he'll, he'll modify it, but... He doesn't really do anything else with it. Like, he doesn't do anything else. He's not like, I'm going to learn some new moves. He's like, nah, the Rasengan's all I need. I mean, to be fair, Scott, Sasuke kind of did the same thing. Besides learning his potential with the uh, Sharingan, he also pretty much just uses Chidori and modifies it as well. Yeah, but at least at least Sasuke, like, starts to learn Genjutsu and stuff. He, he dabbles in that. Naruto's just like, what can... I'm just going to make a new Rasengan. Like, I'm going to keep making new Rasengans. I mean, he also learned Sage Mode. Yeah, I Which could so. be the equivalent of, like, Sasuke's learning his Charingan. Yeah, so. I suppose you're right there. 
But that's going on, that's going a little too far ahead. <laughs> yeah, a little too deep. So after we see his training arc of the Rasengan, now it kind of goes to a clip of Orochimaru in agonizing pain. Good. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I love how we had this yeah. game No idea. Totally unscripted there. <laughs> oh, that was great. His injuries attained from the third Hokage, and he tells Kabuto, I think, actually, I think it's the other way around. What? I think Kabuto tells Orochimaru that there is a way to heal it, his arms, but they need to find Tsunade to do it. Maybe. I don't fully remember. I just remember the scene on that one. Either way, one of them is like, yo, we need to find Tsunade. I feel like it's yeah. I feel like it's Orochimaru because only Orochimaru would really know the true potential of Tsunade since she... Yeah, but Kabuto also is very intelligent into like medical ninjutsu and stuff. Yeah. And Tsunade is like the head of that. Yeah, but Orochimaru had like a very intimate relationship being that they were friends in the past. Either way one of them tells the other they need to find Tsunade because she's the only one they can heal him. And they follow Kabuto's lead and go to meet with her. So they follow the lead, like you said. They um they need to find Tsunade. And conveniently enough, Naruto and Jiraiya also need to find Tsunade. So they actually do end up finding Tsunade and they offer her the Hokage position. She's like, yeah, no. Only a fool would take that job. I'm not an idiot. And this pisses Naruto off because as we've been constantly reminded throughout the entire show, he's going to be Hokage someday. So he gets really mad. He yells at her. And because of this yelling, she is reminded of two people from her past. One was her brother and one was a partner or boyfriend or something along those lines or fiance so she's reminded of them and how they both wanted to become the hokage someday and they had the same sentiment as naruto did and this kind of strikes a nerve with her like it, it's very sentimental so she she has she's forming the soft spot for naruto but after naruto's done yelling at her for being so inconsiderate to the hokage position he challenges her to a fight. And if he wins, like she's got to become Hokage. So she's like, fine, whatever. She easily wipes the floor with him by just flicking him. One single finger, he goes flying because she's emphasizing how strong she is. She's very powerful at chakra control. So this makes Naruto then try to use the unperfected Rasengan on her. To which she scolds Jiraiya for teaching him such a move. But then she tells him, all right, listen up. If you can master the Rasengan in one week, perfect it, she will become the Hokage. And Naruto takes this to heart. He's like, fuck yeah, I'm going to do this. Like, I was going to master this move anyway. So, all right. So, of course, he does a little more Rasengan training. And uh, it kind of leads us up to this next part. So... Right at the end of Naruto's training, Shinade goes to meet up with Kabuto and Orochimaru. And it's everything that shows kind of shows that it looks like she's going to actually heal his arms because she pulls out a, a jutsu and it has this like green aurora veil type thing. Something you would imagine with like healing for. But. Actually, she planned. She was going to plan on killing him because right before she gets like up to Orochimaru, Kabuto comes and intervenes. Of course, Orochimaru is pissed off at first because he's like, "What are you doing? That was that was supposed to heal my arms or whatever." And then Kabuto shows that like what she was actually doing was getting Chakra ready for an attack, and then thus it becomes into an all-out fight. And we kind of learn of actually like Kabuto's strength that he's an actually a very extremely skilled medical ninja and actually makes Tsunade struggle in her fight. And it, 
This is when she uses her like forehead thing, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. that's that's a little towards the end of the fight first. Oh, so it's not right not right here. No, yet. she struggles a little bit. So they're like duking it out and I think Orochimaru, if I'm not mistaken, is still throwing some jutsus or something with uh Yeah. Or is he just watching? So he's kinda I... he's sort of watching on the sidelines for a little bit because Tsunade's on the ropes because Kabuto's got this handled. So she's kind of messing with Kabuto. She's resisting because he's extremely skilled, very precise with his ninja medical skills. So he's like severing muscles and stuff like that because he doesn't want to kill her. They still need her. And she also is rearranging like his nervous system. So his arms, when he tries to move his arms, is actually moving his legs and stuff like that. But he's able to overcome all these obstacles and he is giving her a run for the money for her money and that's when a naruto jumps in naruto and Jiraiya show up to save the day <laughs> and the the that's when orochimaru joins the fight that you're thinking of and he's not weaving any jutsus or anything he's just kind of like becoming all stretchy and snake-like in the creepy way that he does and he oh, um yeah like regurgitates a sword out of his throat and he's using it to slice people up. Yeah, that's because I was like, I remember him joining the fight, but I was like, I can't remember exactly what like his thing. But now that you're saying that, that makes a lot more sense now. Yeah, because I do remember the whole nervous system thing. I thought that was a pretty cool technique. Yeah, that was. But cool. then because he knows the medical body as pretty much as well as Tsunade does. It only like incapacitates him for a moment until he's like, "All right, I know which has to move. Like I have to move it like this." Which I'm like, that is very confused, especially in a fight. Like, yeah. how do you remember that? Like, oh, I need a slice. Oh wait, remember not to move my right arm. I had to move my left toe, yeah. and then it's like, what? Gives uh, Kabuto a little more uh, credit mm-hmm. than. I think people have actually given him time yeah, for he, but he is a really strong he is a really strong ninja. It's just he doesn't have a whole lot of limelight and he's kind of a douche, so no one really likes him. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. But honestly, this is probably one of my like favorite fights in Naruto, like the like the original Naruto too. Because like right when he shows up, it kinda shows you the whole very the shonen aspect of this anime because Tsunade gets to a point where she is almost going to die because Kabuto has her like you said on the ropes and she's going Kabuto kind of goes in for not necessarily the kill because obviously they still need her but like for the final blow but then as you said Naruto and Jiraiya show up and Naruto blocks Kabuto and they go to fight, but then Kabuto uses his kunai and Naruto decides to use his hand and the kunai stabs through his hand, but because of that, he's able to hold on to Kabuto, which kind of like shocks him because when he came, Kabuto was kind of like fast and like dodging all his moves, but Naruto kind of planned it like this and he's like... I finally got you where I need you. And then this shows him using the Rasengan that he managed to perfect, which also puts Tsunade in shock because she's like, how did this kid manage to perfect such an advanced jutsu in only one week? And then he uses the Rasengan and sends Kabuto flying. But right after that, you see Naruto fall and you're like, wait, what just happened? Naruto was the one that hit Kabuto, and he's still alive. And Tsunade's like, what is going on? And he explains that right before the impact, he was already healing himself right where the impact was going to be. So somehow healing your body, even I guess if it's perfectly healthy, healing it more... I don't know exactly how you did that. Maybe, but maybe it was more like a prep fight. thing. He was prepping the healing. So he was healing it. And then once he got hit, he was still healing the injuries that were starting to occur. I guess that would make more sense. 
And then because of that, he managed to like barely survive because obviously he's on the ground and he's like still trying to heal himself. But also right before that, he used some kind of medical thing and separated the connection of the Nine-Tailed Fox and Naruto. So now Naruto's on like Death's door. And of course, as we learned earlier about her two previous people that she cared about, now all of a sudden she's living through this again because she's trying to use her healing ninjutsu and nothing's working but of course through the power of tears god knows what what through the power of tears yeah through the power of tears somehow the connection comes back through naruto's willpower and of course he uh he kind of makes a joke and he goes hey this necklace is mine i won the bet and you get to see Kind of like the softer side of Tsunade where she kind of gives him a smile and he's like, you're right. But that's when we finally learn of her like kind of like real power. Because after this, once she knows Naruto is safe, she gets extremely pissed. And then that's when we learn this like power she's stored in like her forehead. And then it kind of gives her this cool little like tribal warrior mark over her face. And then she's like, all right, motherfuckers, it's time to get down to business. <laughs> yeah, then the real fight happens. And in that fight, she's kind of wrecking because she's just super powerful now. And they're just going through attacking. And we already know Orochimaru summons snakes. And we know Jiraiya summons toads. We don't know what Tsunade summons, if she even has a summon. So throughout this fight, things are getting serious. Orochimaru has his snake summon out. Jiraiya finally gets his toad out. And then we see Tsunade also use a summon. And she doesn't have anything cool. She has a slug. A giant slug. And it's really gross. <laughs> but it was really cool to see that the legendary Sonin all have these equivalent summons that we get to see. And the fight is very short-lived after that. Because then Jirai is helping out and they team up on Orochimaru. And Orochimaru is finally just, he says, if you're not going to heal my arms, there is another way. I don't actually need you. I think he was just hoping to get another Sanin on his side. So with that being said, Jirai is like, oh shit, you're going to use another body. So he's going to, I think, relinquish his body and use a different one so he can regain ability of his arms. And then Orochimaru just kind of vanishes. He slithers into the ground and disappears. And we have the end of, basically the end of this arc. We then have to go back to the village with Naruto, Jiraiya, and Tsunade. And after that, she accepts position as Hokage. And I believe she goes to heal Lee because he still sustained injuries from the tuning exams where he broke his legs or leg and she tells him like yo I can't heal this shit like you need to quit being a ninja and of course Lee didn't like that he's like I'm not I'm not gonna do that it's all I got and um we have a little speech from him basically saying he's uh he's gonna become a ninja he's gonna continue on and he's gonna heal himself and work up to the strength to becoming a powerful ninja. Which, honestly, almost seemed out of the place for a minute, ending the season, or ending the arc with Lee, because he wasn't really in this entire season, and that's, yeah, and she's like, hey, we haven't forgot about you. I'm gonna, gonna help you out. I think what they kind of planned on doing that was more for Tsunade because when we first are introduced to her, she's a gambling addict. She she even has a nickname called The Biggest Loser. So she's not even good at gambling. And she's always gambling or drinking sake. And that's kind of also the whole reason why Naruto was a little pissed off at first. But then... After seeing like Naruto, she changed a little bit with how his hardworking, how he perfected the Rasengan. Then she comes back here 
and Lee has like the same motivation. And so then we see Tsunade is like, all right, maybe it's actually time I start taking this job seriously. And she was researching the medical stuff and even her assistant, which I'm sorry, I, I forget your name. Shizune? But Shizune. Oh, okay, yeah. She comes in on her studying and she actually flips out because she goes, she goes, Lady Tsunade, what are you doing? She goes, I'm researching. Even if I can make the success the success of the surgery even up 1% for Lee, I'm going to do it. And then there's a pause. And then she freaks out. She goes, what? You're <laughs> studying? Are you okay? Are you sure you're not sick or anything? And Tsunade thinks, of course, she's overreacting. She's like, what What do you mean? I'm a Hokage. Of course, this is what I should be doing. And it's kind of, I think it's more of the fact that they kind of wanted to show that a change for Tsunade of her actually starting to accept her role of Hokage and like what her role really is. Yeah, that makes sense. Actually, that makes a lot of sense there. That wasn't something I really thought about too much, but maybe it is. I just remembered a few of those scenes. Because we kind of learned where Naruto was standing. He's already like bedridden. And so now it's kind of mm-hmm. like Tsunade. Because I feel like they didn't want to leave it off of like having the Leaf Village Hokage being a drunk gambler. <laughs> Fair enough. That's a good point. <laughs> and I think that pretty much wraps up this arc. It was, again, a kind of relatively short arc. It was primarily focus around like two battles the Katsuki battle and then the Orochimaru battle with some training in between here and there and so with my question of the day would be if you could train under one person who would it be Mm. Mm -hmm. um is this is this question for the Sanid or any sensei pretty much any sensei because we kind of learned a little bit about like each of them because we learned a little bit earlier about like kakashi training sasuke and like the chidori because he's so similar which i mean they both have shine guns they both have similar natures i could see that we learned about jiraiya and naruto because they kind of have like similar things and then obviously like kabuto learning medical ninjutsu like you can kind of learn like if you were to train under Tsunade, like who would you want? There's just like each person is kind of like showing off like who their like mentor is and everything. So mm-hmm. I guess it would be for anyone. Well, I think I would like either Kakashi or Azuma. Azuma is really sweet. I do like him. And Kakashi is my favorite. I feel like. Kakashi would be a very good choice. The only thing is, like, I just want to learn Sage Mode, though. That would be sweet. Like, I know this is going off a little bit, but it's not too much of a spoiler because I won't dive into what it is. But honestly, like, seeing that in action is, like, that is actually really sweet. Because if I didn't have, like, the Shrine Gun or anything, but, like... I would definitely want to do Kakashi or at least have him as the like sensei because he's very much the whole like even though the mission comes first like friends like the whole Mm -hmm. we kind of spieled before about his whole like motto and life and everything and the fact that he actually does like really care for his students and he's he's actually really good because even after Naruto changed with Jiraiya. He does still train with Kakashi a few times because he's still able to think of training regiments and everything like that. Right. So I would still pick Kakashi, but I would also want to learn stage mode, <laughs> I guess. Fair enough. So since that's the end of this episode, I'm going to sign us out with two facts. So during the Itachi-Kakashi fight, Kakashi did not have his scar over his Sharingan like he's supposed to. But this only occurred right when Guy showed up. Guy showed up and actually saved Kakashi from getting really messed up. And as he's picking Kakashi up, you actually see that there's no scar there, which was just an animation error. 
<laughs> when Itachi uses his Mangekyo Sharingan on Kakashi and on Sasuke for that matter, his eyes never changed, which if you have seen Naruto before, there is a specific design for each Uchiha's Mangekyo Sharingan. But at this time, it was not designed yet, so there was no alteration of the eye. And uh, that's it. So if you guys have any questions, concerns, recommendations, feel free to email us, weebspawn at gmail.com, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at weebspawn. And that will be all from us today. I've been your host, Bobby. And I'm Joshua. And we will see you guys next time when we weeb spawn.